Thank you for joining us on Behind the Scenes at the Hanover Theater. My name is Sarah Garofalo, and today I'm super excited to be with none other but the King of Rant. I'm here with Lewis Black. Lewis, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm, uh, it's always a pleasure to even be theoretically in, uh, in Worcester. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're super excited to welcome you back. Um, Lewis Black on his Off the Rails tour will be here at the Hanover Theater on Friday, May 12th. And we are very much looking forward to welcoming you back. And I saw that you're shipping out overseas at the start of the summer um, in June. You're headed to Europe. So that's very fun. Yeah, no, that's terrific. I And, uh, and then I do the Daily Show. I'm going to host that. They're finally letting me sit in the big seat. So that's quite exciting. Uh, and then I'm uh, doing uh, the voice for the uh, of Anger, which I did in Inside Out 1. I'm uh, we're, They're doing uh, Inside Out 2. So I've been working on that. Wow, that's so exciting. I was definitely going to ask you about that. Um, so yeah, for those who aren't aware, which I'm sure everyone has seen the movie, um, but maybe has not made the connection, but you are the voice of anger, as you said. So tell me a little bit about that. What was that like working on a Pixar movie? It's uh, one of the the most, uh, it was by far the mo- one of the most creative um, experiences I've had because you actually, um, it takes, first off, it, here's a stunner. It takes five years for Pixar to make an animation from the time they have the uh, uh, where they decide to do it to when it's finished. It's five years. And so when I did Inside Out One, it was you you actually get to see the whole creative process. You watch them do you get to see the scope of it, which rarely happens. If you do a film, they shoot all the stuff. You don't really you come in at the end and you don't see this. I mean, unless you're, a you know, a, a, you know, kind of a major within the movie. That you don't see the scenes, and then with the Pixar, they kind of go, "Oh, we change this," and you see your character physically change on screen and choices they make, and uh, you keep returning. And as you return, you get to to do stuff, to do work on it. You get to see the growth of of what you've been involved in, and it's really quite remarkable. That sounds amazing. Um, so you did mention Inside Out two. Is there any sneak previews you can give us about the movie? Well, just that uh, there's some new characters and some new emotions uh, come on the scene. And they're really, they're really, there's some very funny ones and, 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 and real emotions. I mean, emotions that we do have and the, the way in which they're represented are terrific. And it's essentially Riley, who was the, uh, the one whose emotions we saw in the first uh, one is the one that's, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's a continuation of her story. Oh, my God. I love it. That is super exciting. Thank you for sharing. Um, And so yesterday at the at the time of this airing, it'll be last week that you announced this. But yesterday on your social media, you announced that on May 2nd, you will be premiering a new YouTube special called Tragically I Need You at yes. uh, 4 20 p.m that day so can you tell us a little bit about that i know that you've been um, adding some more of your specials to your youtube channel just about a month ago you added in god we rust yeah. um so yeah tell us about your your new special that's coming out in may well the new special is kind of the bookend to the old special which you you'll be able to see on april 28th if you haven't on uh, amazon prime so it will be there. You can see that for free. You'll be able to see the new one for free. And it's really the bookend to that one. 
uh, which was um, Thanks for Risking Your Life, which was literally shot on the final day of performance before the pandemic shut everything down. And we were lucky enough to be able to get an intimate special up. And then really it's the continuation of the story. And it's about, I mean, to put it quite simply, on the surface, it's about uh, the way I dealt with the pandemic, which was, uh, which apparently uh, I, when I was starting out, I was just kind of throwing it out there as I was, uh, when I first went back on the road and telling my story and the real, the audience, A, was laughing, which is always key, and B, really seemed to relate to it. So that, it was, the, it turned out to be the fastest special I've ever written. It, I knew the beginning, middle, and the end. And uh, I actually, the, it was easier to, to write the special and get it up. It took longer to decide that we would be on YouTube. That's unbelievable. <laughs> because also you're kind of waiting around for the, for, uh, you know, Amazon or Netflix, whoever, to see if they're going to do it. And they're all kind of, you know, you know, stumbling around and not really getting it done. So we're finally lucky enough we get it out there. And uh, even though it seems to be about my reaction to the pandemic, it's also about, uh, it's what it's really about is empathy. I love it. And I think that'll definitely be something that people are looking forward to and can relate to. So yeah, that's May 2nd. Um, But you... You talked a little bit about this at the beginning, your uh, weekly podcast, the rant cast that you do every Wednesday. Is that right? Yeah, I'm, I basically I do it uh, at the beginning of the week and we get it out on Wednesday. And then I, I have them look at it to make sure that we're it, it, it's pretty good because doing it by yourself in a room is psychotic. It's just it, <laughs> I keep talking about like I'm in a cable access studio somewhere doing this alone after the you know it's it's just not it's nuts i need an audience i i otherwise i feel like i'm just a crazy person talking i, I to hear you you know yeah i mean if i if i didn't have you here today i'd be babbling by myself too so i it's get really, it yeah you know, it's, it's really something but uh it's uh but it what it allows is to we get out the the rants that we had done uh for a long time and then i'll uh, as, as finally, uh, I'm able to get the time again, I will be, because I'm doing a lot of press now, I will, will start reading, uh, folks, um, their, the new rants that have come in. Uh, usually I would do it after the show, but, uh, uh, it, we, we, I believe we did it last time. We, I'm sure we did it last time when we were Worcester. This time we won't be doing it. I do a longer set, uh, this time. And, um, and because I'm really kind of working on my next special, so, so uh, I have to. I want folks in Worcester to send their, you know, their rants in, but I won't be reading them that night. Oh well, very fun. I'm, I'm sure. Hopefully, people get the word uh, listening to this show, and they can send you something fun to listen to. Yeah, they can go to if you want. If they're interested in that rantcast, go to uh, either writing it or just finding out about it. You go to lewisblack.com. Cool. Yeah, there's lots of fun stuff on your website. I was poking around in there. Yeah, um, I got a ton of stuff. <laughs> so there's plenty of ways to indulge in your content before you come here on May 12th. Like I said, you've got the specials up on your YouTube. And by the time you come, your new one will be out and you've got the weekly rant cast. So plenty of ways to get your uh, daily dose of Lewis Black. But um, so I want to talk about your background in theater a little bit, you know, being a performing arts theater 
uh, here in Worcester. We obviously have our hands in theater all the time. And I saw that you got your Master of Fine Arts at Yale in Connecticut. Before we talk about theater in particular, though, I do have to ask, are you a fan of Connecticut pizza? Oh, uh, yeah, I do like Connecticut pizza. That was uh, that was my dad's burning question. I said, I'm talking to Lewis Black today. And he said, ask him if he's had Pepe's pizza. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> it, it was one of the, to be honest, especially when I was in school, it, it was, you know, it wasn't the most festive place on earth, New Haven. It was kind of a, whew, it was, a, a, you know, just a heck of a place to be. I mean, there was the drama school and then there was really, uh, you know, Getting home at times was a little touchy and sketchy, but boy, mm -hmm. there was there was Peppies and Sally's, I think is the other one. And um, and that was like, yay, we're going to Peppy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad grew up in Hamden. Um oh, yeah. so he he hates the pizza in Massachusetts. He gets the Connecticut pizza as, as often as he can. Wow. And then but... also ask him if he knows I'm sure that he knows about Louis' luncheonette, which apparently is due to legend is the first place that created the hamburger, but I don't know how true that is. You know what? I think I've heard that. Um, yes. Yeah, I'll ask him about that. Yeah. But so, yeah, so we're excited to welcome you back to New England. So tell us, how did you get your start in in playwriting and the industry of theater in general? It, it, it really started with uh, when I was a kid, my parent, my father and mother both had a major interest in theater and uh and um, they went to a ton of plays. I mean, they saw literally everything that you should have seen in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. I mean, everything. And then my father uh, in the in the later 60s started taking me to theater uh, when I was about 12 or 13. And I got hooked on it. Um, I got hooked on the concept of there was something really fascinating to me that uh, essentially a group of people got together and with a group of people on stage created a reality in which you live in for two hours, which which is way different than a film, the, the live performance. It's always been way different. And it and, and you're all kind of creating this reality together. And it's really kind of extraordinary to me. It's um, and I uh, so. I, I, I became uh, so enamored with it that I felt like it really was what I wanted to pursue when I got into school. But I uh, and I went to the University of uh, North Carolina and um, I got actually uh, ended up uh, I, I couldn't direct. I really wasn't much of an actor at that point. <laughs> I didn't want to do tech. Uh, I thought about writing criticism, which is mildly deranged, uh, but I thought. <laughs> Uh, I, I really thought, you know, I'm going to give, I think I can do, I think I have some idea of, of how to do playwriting. And I started taking those courses and I graduated with the uh, degree of BA in playwriting. Um, and, uh, and, and that, it, and then that was it. Once I got, once I made the decision to do theater, there was no escaping it. It's like, it really is an addiction and it's, uh, and there's no other way to describe it because only, an idiot walks into the woods on a beautiful day and sits under a tree and reads check off that takes somebody that takes it's it's akin to a drug problem <laughs> well i love it and um i hope that you enjoy being here at the theater um i'm sure you feel somewhat at home in a, in a theater like this um oh yeah no i i like that theater a lot and i uh 
and I've watched, uh, uh, I've, I literally have watched uh, Worcester evolve. So, uh, you know, when I first started going there, I was like, whew, this is a, you know, this is, this is a rough town. And then they built the, uh, which I thought was psychotic. You guys built a hospital over a train station, which is madness. I mean, that, and and I just have never understood that, you know, and that that occurred while I was performing at a, a Chinese restaurant that was near there. And and then the Spectrum, I guess, was built where there was initially, I don't know if it's still a mall, I can't remember. And um, uh, and so I and now it's become it's it's the last time I went through is it was becoming a boom town, you know. Yeah. Now that you're a bedroom community to uh, to uh, to Boston, it's pretty remarkable. I agree. It you know we're we're definitely an up and coming city, and we're doing great things. But before we wrap up here, I just want to ask you, you know, what can our audiences look forward to when they come see you on May twelfth? Uh, the the kind of happy go lucky comedy that I've always been known for <laughs> the snappy patter. Um, Essentially, uh, I'm, you're going to watch me uh, try to figure out what my special, my new special will be about. And right now it's, it takes up all the things. A lot of what I'm talking about is all of the things that we haven't done. We're a country, no country has more and does less. There isn't a country on earth. You know, we have a ton of money. We have a, we have a, a hugely, in, you know, at times, you know, for, you know, it seems to be an intelligent population, but one wonders in terms of the way we act and that we can't seem to get done what we need to get done. You know, we got a problem with Social Security working on it. No, got a problem with uh, the climate and uh, or call it uh, global warming, call it whatever you want. Okay, are we, are we working on that? Well, maybe kind of. Yeah, sure. Uh, do we have a problem with immigration? Yeah. So those are the kind of topics I, I talk about uh, uh, health care. Um, I've, I've had uh, health care here and health care in Ireland and uh, the idea that we're the greatest in terms of our health care system is a crock that other countries aren't as good and that somehow the idea of their, you know, medicine being, uh, you know, that it, you know, that the government is involved in it. You know, people get all crazy about that, about the fact that, oh, the government's involved. You know, what makes it different in other countries, it's not our government. Got it? It's other governments. And uh, so uh, it, who kind of know a little more, maybe we could pay attention to what those other governments do. But I'll tell you this. I mean, I was I was in a hospital for 10 days in Ireland and it was a great it was a great experience. And it cost probably a third of what it would cost here, if not even 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 less than that. It was eight hundred fifty dollars a day. That's what a hotel in New York costs. Only the <laughs> no woman comes to your room dressed like a nurse. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, there's going to be a lot to talk about. I see. Um, yes. It'll be a very eventful evening. Um, so once again, Lewis Black on his off the rails tour coming to the Hanover Theater on Friday, May twelfth. Um, it's been an absolute honor to talk to you today. And well, that's, that's very kind. And we should give a shout out to the to the two of my friends who come come from there, both of them in theater. Uh, uh, one is Richard Dresser, and they even had a Richard Dresser Day a number of years back. And Michael Ritchie. Uh, my uh, Richard is a Richard is a writer, was a playwright, and a, and writes 
for television. He helped write. He was the co one of the co authors of was one of the co authors of the Days and Nights of Molly Dodd way back when. And his uh, and I he and I have written stuff together. And then there's uh, Michael Ritchie who ran the Williamstown Theater Festival for a number of years and uh, then went out to LA and ran a theater out there. And uh, so you've, you, there are two of you produced two really good theater minds. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you again for joining us today. I, once again, it's, it's been truly an honor to talk to you and I've enjoyed having you very much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate the time. All right. And for everyone else listening, we'll be right back with more on behind the scenes. Thank you for joining us on Behind the Scenes at the Hanover Theater. This is Sarah Garofalo, and today I'm joined with my coworker Eric Cooper. Hi. And today we're interviewing two very special people from Madagascar the Musical coming to the Hanover Theater on May 19th at 6.30 p.m., generously sponsored by Reliant Medical Group. I'm joined today by Stephen Macropolis and Maria Norris. Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Hey, hey. Happy to be here in Worcester. Thank you for joining us. We're super excited. I just need to get it out of the way and ask you my first question, which is, do you like to move it, move it? (laughs) We do, in fact, like to move it, move it. Stephen is the king of move it, move it, actually. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, it is a showstopper every time we do it, and uh, we're, we're we're trying to get a standing ovation every time we do that song. So uh, you know, so far so good. We've been doing it. I love that, yeah. and I know the crowds here in Worcester are very generous with their standing ovations. So I have no doubt that there will be one on May nineteenth. Stephen Maria, you both said that uh, "Move Move It" was a great a great song. Uh, but are there any other uh, songs that you enjoy uh, in the show or is Moving Move your favorite song? There are a ton of really fun um, songs in the show. Move It, Move It, I would say, is definitely the the standout, the one that everyone knows and loves. But there are a lot of original songs to this musical as well. One of my favorites is uh, called Paradise which is just kind of a big beach party on stage. There's drinks, there's lays, there's flowers, there's food, there's limbo. It's just a good time. And my favorite song, you know what? It's a two-parter, Wild and Free, which is sung by Marty the Zebra. It's his big uh, solo where he dreams about being out in the wild. And it's just uh, our our Marty Sterling McClary. He's just, he, he just brings a soul to it. And you just really feel that he just wants to get out there. And it's just such a great, it's just such a great song that I think will get stuck in people's ears as well if they they really pay attention. I love it. That sounds super exciting. But so this is obviously based off of the 2005 movie Madagascar. But for those who haven't seen it in about, I can't do math, but 13 years or how many years? Close, yeah. Um, but yeah. So- 18, 18 years. Oh my God. Wow. I was off. Um, you did, I, I understand how you got 13 <laughs> and I understand it. You like put the five in the wrong place. So that's right. just, oh, you know what? Thank you. Thank you. That's what it was. Um, <laughs> but for those who haven't maybe seen it in 18 years, can you give us a little rundown of what the show is about? Yeah, sure. The show is about four zoo animals. We have Marty the zebra, Alex the lion, I'm Gloria the hippo, and Melman the giraffe. And Marty decides that he doesn't want to do zoo life anymore. He wants to be wild and free. He wants to escape the zoo and go back to the wild. And we, you know, kind of, we go after him and we end up on this crazy adventure where we wind up in Madagascar and we meet all these crazy lemurs, the king of the lemurs, Stephen himself over here. 
and the adventure continues. So it's just a good time and a wild ride. That is so exciting. I mean, I know that I absolutely loved the movie when it came out, and I am beyond excited to see it on our stage. But I want to talk a little bit about both of your careers in performing and how you ended up in this industry. Excellent question. I grew up, I was an only child. And the only way I can get even more attention than the attention I got as a child was becoming an actor and forcing an audience to pay to see me. So <laughs> that's kind of how that happened. No, uh, it, I don't know. I just, I just always knew I wanted to do it. You know, when I was like eight, I declared, I'm like, I want to be an actor and I want to make people laugh. And I just kind of followed that instinct for the next, oh my God, 22 years after that. Oh God, I'm 30, but I love what I do. It's, it's been great. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I'm actually from Massachusetts, so performing in Worcester is really exciting for me. But um, I also started when I was really young. When I was five years old, my parents put me in our local community theater group, and I did my very first show, which was The Frog Prince. And I was a frog, and here I am still playing animals, you know, 30 years later. Um, but it's been a really good time for <laughs> me. Really first <laughs> Honestly, role. But... Yeah, so I, I did it all during my childhood. I went to college for it. And then after that, you know, we've been doing it professionally ever since. And here we are on the Madagascar first national U.S. tour. My first role was the innkeeper. And we were doing a reenactment of Mother Mary and Joseph looking for like a place to like, you know, to give birth to Jesus. And I was the innkeeper. I came out of a closet <laughs> and I was like, there's no room. I can't stay here. That's so funny. I love it. Um, Maria, I love that you're from Massachusetts. Have you ever been to the Hanover Theater before? I have. I've seen several tourists pass through the Hanover Theater, and I'm so excited that it's my turn. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous space. We're so lucky that we get to, you know, grace the stage because so many iconic performances have happened there. I think my my favorite one, I have to say, I'm going to shout out, was Sister Act. I love that show. And in that space, it was it was an incredible, incredible performance for me. And it really left a la lasting impression. So I'm really excited to um, have my turn on that stage and also just get to explore backstage you know feel what it's like to be a, an actor instead of a a patron so it's a nice switch up for me oh that's so fun I love stories like that and I'm super excited to welcome you back to the theater thank you so much for telling us about your experiences and speaking of being an actor and getting in character uh, I gotta ask Stephen and Maria I know Stephen you are King Julian Maria you are Gloria the Hippo uh, do you feel like you have any personal similarities or differences from your character and how you can compare? Ooh, ooh, that's a good question. I mean, differences, all of them. I don't want to take away from the magic, but I'm actually human. I'm not a lemur. No, I'm actually not a lemur. It's called acting, Eric. No, but in terms of differences, I think similarities, Um, I, I am quite the silly goose, so... Uh, being King Julian has been one of one of the easiest experiences, I think, in my acting career. Um, it, it really has. And it really helps that 20% um, of my lines I get to improvise. So, you know, there's also if I don't like something, I can kind of just say something else and and change it in the moment. But I guess in terms of differences, King Julian is very... I mean, we all know the character. He's very, uh, he's very much a buffoon. And I just like to act like a buffoon, but I'm actually like very smart. And, you know, I read books. I don't know. And I don't think King Julian does. Um, there's just obvious differences, right? Like, like 
King Julian, I don't know where you find him in real life. So like, there's got to be nothing but differences between us. What about you, Maria? Of course. I mean, like, yes, it's it's one of those movies that has these iconic voices. You know, we had uh, Ben Stiller voiced Alex and Chris Rock voiced Marty and Jada Pinkett Smith voiced Gloria. And the movie is iconic on its own. And then we're kind of doing this new interpretation of it. Um, but one of the really cool things about it is though, even though we're playing animals um our director really instructed us to find the humanity in them so even though you're seeing these larger than life animals and and puppets on stage at the core at the at the core of the show is um friendship and humanity and that's what that's where we get to bring a lot of ourselves to these characters because we all live together work together tour together so we also are really really close just as a unit and i think you really you see that on stage because when steven starts to improv you know he's cracking all of us up because we understand (laughs) what's going on in his brain you know um but yeah it's it's been a really a really fun time to discover these characters and relate them back to the movie in 2005 that was so well loved. So I think it's it's a really good time for us and it's going to be really fun for kids who've never seen the movie or kids who have seen the movie and adults who are really excited to share their experience with their kids. So yeah, <laughs> it's a good good time. Both great answers. Thank you. Um, Something I just love is that since the movie came out 18 years ago, um, you know, like when I saw the movie, I was probably seven or eight um, and now I'm in my mid 20s. So I can enjoy this as an adult. And, you know, I'm sure there's a bunch of people who were kids at the time that they saw the movie and now have their own kids and can introduce Mm -hmm. the next generation to such an iconic story. Exactly. And that's really exciting for us as well is something that it's like a shared experience that we're all getting to have. And it's recommended, it's recommended for ages three and up, you know, so it has humor for everyone. It's not just for kids. It's not just for adults. It really bridges the gap of what theater is and what it can be. And it's also a really great introduction to younger audiences to theater because, you know, it, it has the movie um, as a source material, but it, it's also a great a great new experience to see live actors on stage in these costumes. It also introduces puppetry. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of new and creative forms of theater going on in this show. And it's also very palatable. You know, it's it's short and sweet. It's not a three hour long thing. You know, it's 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 nice and concise and it's 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 well put together. Yeah, it probably runs like what, like 90 minutes? You'd yeah, say. with intermission. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. With the nine, yeah, it's it's. But it never stops moving. Is the thing you never get bored because it really does move at such a great pace. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I love it. I'm like I said, I'm just beyond excited. I think it's going to be so much fun, and I know Eric is super excited. Absolutely, yay! <laughs> <laughs> but before we wrap up, um, I just want to say again, this is Madagascar the musical coming to the Hanover Theater on May nineteenth at six thirty p.m. Um, tickets start at just $39.50, so super affordable, fun family outing. Um, bring your friends, bring your family. It's going to be a super funky, fantastic time. Um, but do you guys have any parting words before we wrap it up? I mean, honestly, just thank you so much for having us. We're really excited to be spreading the word about the show. We're super excited to be touring on the road. And I mean, again, I'm just so, so excited to be coming through Massachusetts. 
Yeah, parents, you're going to love this show. Kids, you're going to love this show, too. I can't wait for everybody to experience it in Worcester. And we really encourage you to um, to have a good time with us. One of our favorite things about the show is it's it's a shared experience and it's interactive and it, it lets you laugh along with us. It invites you to to laugh out loud and to to really live through the show as we are. We want you on your feet dancing and moving it, moving it. <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. Um, well, Maria and Steven, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute honor to speak to you. Yeah, cheers. Thanks, guys. Likewise. Thank you so much for having us. And Eric, thank you for joining me today. Always a pleasure. Thank you. All right, everyone else, I will see you next time on Behind the Scenes.